What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Builder? We are back again in today's episode. I am excited to be bringing to you because for one, I feel like I've been bringing you guys a lot of repurposed footage because I think that a lot of it has been evergreen. And I think where we are right now, there's a great time um, for us to really build on principles. But I think with today, I'm excited for this conversation because we have a fellow podcaster on, but a fellow entrepreneur and real estate investor, Mr. Dustin Heiner. Welcome, Dustin, to the show. Dustin, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? What's up, Dream Nation? Man, Casanova, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really just, I enjoy being able to share just how amazing real estate investing is. And it, it's it's mostly that it's what it affords me to do in my life. You know, businesses and passive income to real estate investing. You know, I could go to the gym, hang out with my family, jump on podcasts and talk to great people like you. So I really appreciate you letting me on the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a fun conversation. Now, the way that I always like to start off um, these conversations is I compare us as entrepreneurs, thought leaders, change makers to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly, we're flying around the world, whether that means live or now virtual, right? We're inside of people's living rooms and and inside of people's communities. And we're putting on our cape and we're trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. Now, for a lot of people, we know who Superman is or we know who Batman is, but a lot of the times we don't know who is that person behind the scenes. So in your case, it's that Clark Kent. So let me ask you, when there's no cameras on, right, when you're not podcasting or or out there trying to save the world and get them to understand financial freedom, when all of the lights are off, walk us through your journey and tell us who is Dustin Heiner? Wow. So we'll start off by definitely a family man, um, love the Lord and go to church all the time, read the Bible multiple times a day. That's essentially who, who I am. But from there, I'm an investor. I really love investing in real estate. And um, I, I, I'll fast forward quickly to the end where when I was 37 years old, I was blessed to be able to quit my job. And I, I like the term successfully unemployed. Basically, I found a way to provide for my family without working that J-O-B, that just overbroke job. And so when I was 37 years old, I was blessed to be able to quit my job. But I didn't start that way. And so I'll quickly go back to the beginning. When I first got started, um, investing in real estate, I had no clue what I was doing. But even before that, I was I was doing the same thing that we are all taught. We're all taught this exact same thing. You go to school, you get good grades. Then you take those good grades, you go to college, you get in thousands and thousands of dollars into debt. And then you get good grades again and take that piece of paper that they give you, that degree, and you go to businesses and you try to get a job. They call it a career. And then from there, you work 40 plus years of your life and eventually retire at 65 years old when you, with the money that you just try to save up your whole entire life with barely just living on what you make. And so I was going that route. And at the same time, I've always been entrepreneurial. So, you know, entrepreneurial, like, uh, you know, starting businesses and stuff. And so when I was 13 years old, I had a newspaper route. That's where you ride around on your bike with bags of newspapers and throw them at 5 a.m. and bang them on garage doors, waking people up. I did that. I had a graphic and website design company, skateboard manufacturing business, even a pizzeria and a convenience store all started from scratch. But even though I had those businesses, they weren't doing that great where I could quit my job. 
I was still following that nine to five because we're all taught this. Well, I got to tell you really quickly, Casanova, the story of what catapulted me into becoming a real estate investor. So I had bought, well, I was working a regular IT job at a local county government in California and doing IT work, you know, nine to five, sit down desk type job. And I bought one rental property and I realized, man, this rental property is amazing. Like I make money without working. And I thought, you know what? I need to buy more, but you know how it goes for everybody. Life got in the way. My wife and I started having children and kid after kid after kid. By the time we had our fourth child, I was still working a job, but I got to tell you, this is the story. So my wife had our fourth child and I went on paternity leave. That's where the dad stays home with the baby, you know, and mommy changes poopy diapers and bonds with the baby and all that great stuff. And so I go off out of work and for about two weeks, I'm on paternity leave. Then I get back to work. And on that Friday, the same week that I get back to work, I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary at 3.30 in the afternoon. And she says, Dustin, would you please come to the boss's office? And I said, "Uh, sure. And then hung up the phone. And I paused for a second. I thought, well, this isn't normal. And I've seen plenty of movies. Like a a call at Friday at 3.30 is not a good, good sign. And so I thought, and I paused for a second. And I realized about two months before I went on paternity leave, there were some rumors or some rumbling going on in the county that there could potentially be layoffs, like the departments were running low on funds. And I immediately shook that off. I said, no way. I've been here 12, 13 years. I got great seniority. I make great money. Like I work for the government. Nobody gets fired or laid up from the government. So I immediately shook that off. And then I get up and I walk down the hallway to my boss's office. Now, as I walk down this hallway, And this hallway isn't very long. It's actually kind of short, but every single step that I take, it feels like the hallway gets longer and longer and longer. And it feels like my feet become lead bricks because the weight of everything is starting to feel like it's starting to crush down on me that I could potentially lose my job. Well, I get down the hallway and I turn the corner. I see my boss's door. His door is closed. And I look at his secretary, super nice old lady. She smiles at me, kind of grinning and consoling me with her eyes. And she says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? She knows everything about what's going on. I know nothing about what's going on. So I go and I sit down, I take a seat. And as I sit there, I start to think about all the things that I've done my entire life to get to this point, you know, going to school, you know, following that career path that they tell us to. If I get laid off right now, was that all a waste? Like, did I waste my life on this whole career path? And then, oh my goodness, we just had our fourth child. Like literally she's newborn. And if I lose my job, I can't provide for them. What does that make me as a father? Does that make me a failure as a, as a father, as a husband, as a, do I make a failure as a husband, as a man trying to provide for his family? Well, as I'm sitting there, my hands get all clammy. My forehead gets all sweaty because the weight of everything is just crushing down on me. And the door to my boss's office opens up and out walks a lady, a coworker of mine, with a piece of paper in her hands. She is noticeably distraught, noticeably upset. She's not necessarily crying, but you could tell her world has totally been rocked. She passes by me and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come into the office? And so I get up and I go into his office and I get laid off. Remember, this is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid off from the government, but I did. So it happened to me, it can happen to anybody. And this is the reason why I tell that story. Well, I get that layoff notice and I walk back to my desk and I sit down at my desk and I realize two things sitting right there, just getting laid off. The first thing I realized 
was I need to get another job. And so I need to be able to provide for my family. So I was really, really blessed, praise the Lord, to find another job in the same county, whole different department. They had they weren't having the same money issues. So really blessed, checked, got that done. But sitting in that chair, and this is a big reason why I tell the story. Sitting in that chair, the second thing I realized was I need to make sure that this never, ever happens to me again. I need to make sure that nobody has the ability to take away my ability to feed my family. So right then and there, I realized that even though I was working a job, I knew I needed to become an investor. Remember, I was already knew I wanted to, to be an investor, but life got in the way. So right then and there, I said, anytime anybody would ask me the question, Dustin, what do you do? I would normally tell them, oh, I work for IT at the count, local county department. I said, no more would I ever tell anybody that my job is what I do. In fact, I'm projecting, whenever you get asked that question, whenever we, what our answer is, we're projecting what our value, what we put on ourselves. I was putting my value in my job. No, no, no. My value doesn't come from my job. My value comes from my God, from myself, and from my family. And so right then and there, I realized whenever I get asked that question, I'm going to answer, I am an investor. Now, it may so happen that 100% of my money comes from my job. That's now my part-time job. I am a full-time investor. Fast forward the story. I started buying rental property after rental property, each one making me $250 or more in passive income from every single property. Eventually, I had 30 plus properties and I realized, oh my goodness, why am I working here? Even though I'm making $75,000 a year at this job, I am losing money. And everybody needs to realize this, that you are never going to be able to be paid the value that you're worth. And this is how you'll know. Your boss is paying you just enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money that takes money out of their pocket. So if you get paid for how much you're, how much you're valued, what you're actually worth, you wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to afford you. Well, I'll round out the story by sharing. I got enough properties where I could quit my job. And so I went to my new boss, good boss and all. And I said, hey boss, I'm laying you off. Like here's your two weeks notice, you know, you know jokingly. And he says, Dustin, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I don't have to do anything. I literally own real estate. It doesn't, I don't do a thing and it makes me money without working. So the last part of the story is I walked to my car. The last time I will ever have walked to my car. And if you remember counter to that time, I walked to my first boss's office in that hallway that got longer and longer and longer. Well, this last walk away from my job, I've taken this walk a thousand times. It was a mile and a half walk in downtown. I didn't want to pay for parking. So it was a mile and a half walk, but I felt like I was walking on clouds because I knew I would never, ever need a job again. And on top of that, I was now getting paid for what I'm worth, not for what somebody else thinks I'm worth by trading an hour for money. I now have passive income that works for me without my working. So everybody needs to grab that, that you are worth so much more than anybody could ever pay you. So I'll pause the story because you probably got plenty of questions. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the first question that I have is, first off, why was it real estate? You did so many different things, right? So many different businesses. And I think for a lot of people, they struggle with trying to figure out what is the avenue they want to go down. I think everybody loves real estate in some form, but thinking that they could own real estate is is now another challenge. So for you, out of all the different, you had the pizzeria, you had the skateboard manufacturing, all these things. Why real estate? That's a brilliant question. And the reason why I chose real estate is because it was the easiest and it made me the most money without having any overhead, any employees, anything like that. Because all these other businesses, I traded one boss. Basically, you know, your your boss is your, uh, when you get a job, you have a boss. Well, I traded one boss 
for many bosses, like you just consider my convenience store. I literally had uh, customers coming in, but I wasn't making passive income necessarily. Now I did have employees. They were working the job, the business, you know, making money for me, which was good. But if a customer did not come in to buy that candy bar, I would not make money. So I traded one boss for many bosses. And then I realized that this is a good business, but it was so much easier when I bought one rental property and didn't do a thing after that, my property was working for me. And so all my entire life leading up to this point, when I realized I needed to be an investor, I had lots of other businesses. Those are just a, a few of them. Always trying to figure out what is going to take, what is, what's the route? What's the, uh, the means for me to be able to become successful and employed? So I was trying everything. But then when I bought that first property, I knew this is what I needed to do. Then when I got laid off, that's what pushed me into it because... I make the most money by investing in real estate. I make it passively without working because other people do all the work for me. And on top of that, it's the easiest. I literally don't do a thing. In fact, you know, a lot of people have heard the book, The 4-Hour Workweek. Mm-hmm. I don't want to work. I mean, I think working four hours a week is for suckers. I don't want to work four hours a week. I don't want to work four hours a month. I basically work 30 minutes a month. And that's just with my properties. I just grab my property management statement, look at it, make sure everything looks good, set it aside and go back to playing with my kids. All those reasons combined is that real estate is the number one thing that I, if you think of streams of income, a lot of people talk about streams of income. I love streams of income, but I have a river of income. That is my real estate. So all these other streams of income feed into my river. That's where I make money. And on top of that, I make money in passive income. This is generational wealth that I'm creating. All of my kids, all my four kids, I will literally teach them how to invest in real estate and I will literally give them the real estate that I have. And on top of that, the 40 plus hours of my life that I'm not working for somebody else because I have real estate coming in, I now take those 40 hours and build my own businesses. Now I literally have four, uh, maybe a fifth pro- fifth company five companies that make me money. Now you cannot give your job to your kids, but your real estate, you can give to your kids, your businesses that you create, you can give to your kids. Now all this combined, it was just so much. It was just like a light bulb. I need to do it. Now, since then I realized I have my life back. It's just amazing. I love it. I love it, man. We speak so much of the same language. Anybody who's been listening to this podcast for more than three months, they definitely know that I speak that same language all day long. My question to you, though, is I feel like once someone gets three to four properties, it's easy to understand, you know, that real estate is the king right? Real estate is something that our economy is tied to, right? If stock market is already up and down, they, our economy cannot, or our government cannot afford for our real estate market to crash, right? So, and and then on top of that, real estate is just always something that you could see it, you could feel it, you could touch it, and people will always need it. Even if you're doing a co-working space or if you're living, there's so many different things, which everybody obviously has to have somewhere to live. My question to you, though, is I think where most people struggle at is within that stage of one to four units. And so you said, hey, I'm going to teach my kids. And what I mean by that is one to four doors, getting those first couple under their belt. And you said, I'm going to teach my kids how to invest in real estate. What is the method that if you had to start all over because you had that job, whereas a lot of people right now, they have that job, but they absolutely are not happy with the job for one or two. They don't even feel like they're making enough money to be able to invest into to that first property. So how would you educate and inspire someone to take action on even just getting that first door? The first door is always 
the hardest because it's not proven to you. You see other people doing it, but it's not necessarily proven to you that you can actually do it. And uh, honestly, Casanova, I'm just like your next door neighbor. I'm just a regular person. I figure out how to do this. It's really not that hard. It's it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And so as I teach, so I have students that I also coach and plus my kids that I also coach how to invest in real estate. What it really comes down to is, you know what? Let me, let me approach it this way. I'll tell you the wrong way to do it and quickly forget it. So I'll quickly go over the wrong way. This is what I first got started and I didn't realize that I was taught the wrong way. Then I figured out the right way. So, and I'll, I'll quickly give it to you, but you'll hopefully qu- quickly forget it. So I went to, so I was watching TV late at night. One of those late, late night infomercials where they say, hey, we're coming to your city where it's going to be a free uh, coaching lesson, like few, uh, free uh, one hour session or a seminar where we're going to teach you how to invest in real estate. So I said, oh, that's great. And so I went to that. This is back in 2005, 2006. And I went to that. And I went to this this one hour coaching, whatever it was, and it wasn't anything other than a sales pitch. This sales pitch all hype. And they say, now run to the back and go give us thousands of dollars on your credit card and buy into this next seminar. So I went to, I did, I spent thousands of dollars to go to the two day seminar, went to that two day seminar. This is what they taught me. But on top of that, it was even a bigger sales pitch for like a $40,000 course, a $30,000. It was, it was horrible. So Here's what they taught me, and this is what I did, which is the wrong way. They said, look for a property. This is what the quote-unquote gurus tell you. Look for a property anywhere in the country, and then you run the numbers. That means, you know, make sure your expenses are, are X amount and your, your income's higher, like you could get passive income. They said, make sure you're getting like $50 a month of passive income, but you'll get appreciation, which is what you'll love. I'll pause that by saying, I don't invest for appreciation ever anymore. I'm, go- I'm going to give these properties to my kids. And so I invest for passive income. Quickly getting back to what they tell you, this is the wrong way. They say, okay, you run the numbers, make sure you make a little money passive income, you get appreciation. Then you spend thousands of dollars to fix or to buy the property, then thousands of dollars to fix up the property, and then you find a tenant and then you find a property manager. Well, in my opinion, that's just about backwards. In fact, forget all of that. I'll give you the right way to do it. And you'll hear me say this all the time. I teach this to all my students. And in fact, everywhere I'm at, I realize that the way that they teach you this quote-unquote guru way, I did that and my property manager started stealing from me in six months. It was horrible. And the reason why is because I did not do it right. Now, here's the right way. The right way is to build the business first. Now, let me give you a quick example of what building the business first looks like. If you're going to start a convenience store, you know, candy bars and soda machines and all that good stuff, well, you're not going to sign a, a lease Put your name on a lease and open the doors and set a box of candy bars in that location and hope to run a business. No, you go out of business in like two seconds. What you would do, though, is you would build the business first. You get the gondolas, the little shelving units that the candy bars go on, the countertops, the cold storage, fountain machines, cash registers, employees, insurance, bank accounts, everything in the business before you buy any inventory. Once your entire business is set up, That's when you buy inventory, you put it in, and then you run the business. Same thing with real estate investing. We build the entire business, and then once the business is built, we buy inventory. Your property, and the gurus will tell you, your property is your business. No, 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 no. My business owns inventory. So every property that I buy is a piece of inventory that I put into the business. Now, the reason why I now know this is because my property manager started stealing from me within six months, and then I realized man, what they taught me was wrong. Now, there has to be a right way because I'm not the only one that's ever tried this. This has been done for you know hundreds of years, real estate investing. And I thought, you know what? And remember, I've always been entrepreneurial. So I thought, let me approach this from a business 
mindset. And so what they do is they tell you that whole process backwards. Well, what we do, what I do is coach and teach how, and this is what I do in my business, I find in a place, a city that has good inventory, a lot of inventory that I could potentially buy, right type of homes, right price, that could rent for the right amount, that can make me $250 or more in passive income. Once I find a good city that has good inventory, then I pause everything else. I, I stop doing what the, the, I don't do what the gurus tell me. What I do then is I build the business by finding the right people working in the business. Now, if you do what the gurus tell you, they tell you to go all X, Y, Z, eventually try to find a property manager is one of the last things. Well, I've had, and this is sad, but I've helped a lot of students and I've also bought properties off of people who did everything the gurus say and they go to find a property manager and they can't find a property manager. And the property managers that they call say, well, I'm not gonna manage that property. I'll get shot if I go over there. Well, you no longer have an asset anymore. You now have a liability. And so what we do, is we find a city that has good inventory. Once we know it has inventory that we can buy, then we pause everything else and then we start building the business by finding the property managers. And a lot of people would jump right to realtors. I don't go to realtors. Realtors are literally last. That's the way I buy inventory, that's the last thing. But property managers, inspectors, contractors, roofers, mortgage brokers, private money lenders, I build the entire business first and then I find the realtors, the wholesalers, other investors, RIA groups that find me deals and then I buy those deals and put them into my business. That's how I was able to scale my business so fast. So that first property, I did it the wrong way. Now, if you do it the right way, where you build the entire business, where your experts are going to be telling you how to do it right. Now, who's an expert? Zillow is not an expert. Redfin, Trulia, these websites are not the experts. Who are the experts? Those are literally the people living in that specific city. See, we invest all over the country. I live in Arizona, but I invest in Texas, Ohio, and Arizona. My students literally live all over the country, and we invest all over the country. We invest out of state. But the experts are the ones that we pick inside that state, that city, that works there. Like a lot of students will say, hey, Dustin, you invest in the city in Ohio, and you know, do you, are you the expert? Tell me about it. I said, no, no, no. I'm not the expert, even though I invest there. I'm not the expert. I rely on experts. I hire them. My property manager is going to make sure that I buy the right property. They're going to make sure that I can rent it for however much I need to be able to make sure I'm making passive income. So that's the big broad picture is building the business first so that you have experts telling you which properties are the right ones to buy, the wrong ones to buy. If they're not, if a property manager is not going to manage the property, you probably shouldn't buy it. Does that all make sense? Yeah, no, it makes 100% sense. I think what somebody's wondering right now is you say everything starts with we have to find a place that has great inventory. Well, everyone knows, right, that the the country, I would say, has low inventory right now. And it's been like this for about the last six to 12 months. And we don't know when inventory will come back up, at least from a media standpoint, right? Now, I know that that's on the retail side. So my question for you, though, is obviously there's ways to be able to find property. You just have to do a little bit more legwork. So for you, what does that look like? Is there a software? Is there, where do you go? How do you know which cities that you want to invest in that has a good amount of inventory? What's your criteria? So, oh, well, I guess I heard two parts to the, so criteria would be properties that I could rent for $250 more than my expenses are. So that's how I make money is $250 or more. Criteria would be three bedroom, two bath, 1,200 to 1,500 square feet. Doctors take field of greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you, too much fast food, not enough exercise. That's why I take field of greens. The fruits and vegetables in field of greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. 
And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Basically cookie cutter homes that everybody either wants to rent or buy. So I have options all over the place. That's what I look for. So criteria-wise, inventory-wise, that's what I'm looking for. So right now I'm finding that the Midwest, down in the Carolinas, down into Florida, there are great areas in all of that for buying properties, making sure you're making $250 a month. So criteria, that's what I look for. Now, as far as finding a city that specifically that has good inventory, what I do is I make sure that when I find a, an area that has a bunch of properties and finding, so because you you know you asked it like, I'm gonna do it using MLS, like realtors, like how do I actually find these deals? After I find a city to have really good properties that these properties I can make $250 or more, I start employing lots of different ways. In fact, uh, what I used to think, okay, how you find a rent buy a rental property, you find a realtor and a property manager, you put them together and you buy a house and you get a tenant. I did that. And that's how I, I you know, <laughs> my property manager started stealing from me. What I do is I have lots of people looking for properties for me, just like I have lots of ways to get funding or financing for a property. So quickly with the financing, I've used at least 14 or 15 different ways, ways to get financing from private money to uh, uh, regular mortgages to uh, commercial loans, bundle loans, portfolio loans. I've even used credit cards. It's an advanced strategy. I've even used credit cards to buy properties. That's just a, a number of like 14 or 15 ways that I've done it. So I love giving tools. I have lots of tools in my tool belt per se, like investor tool belt. Those are all things that I can use to buy the property. Now, same thing with finding deals, finding good properties. See, us as investors, we don't buy market value. In fact, what we do is we capture equity. We buy it lower than it's worth. Now, we might wait a little longer to find the deal, but we're investors. We're not going to be throwing money. At least I don't have lots of money. Some people might, but at the same time, I love capturing equity where I buy it lower than it's worth. So everything from even my property managers, I have them looking for deals for me. Realtors, I love wholesalers. Wholesalers are amazing. They're one of my favorite people in the world. And then you also have other investors, um, RIA groups, even title companies. Like I, I let everybody know, hey, I'm an investor. If you know of any properties, send them to me. And so honestly, Casanova, and you, you would know this, I literally wake up in the morning, pull up my email, and I find deals all the time. People send me deals because I have everybody else looking for these deals for me. And then I also have multiple different ways to get financing to buy these properties. It's just uh, once you build the business, it literally works for you and you literally don't work. Does that all make sense too? Yeah, it makes 100% sense. And I think that the thing that I hope someone got out of that is when you say building the business, the first thing that came to my mind before you articulated and, and elaborated on it, which I think you did a great job of, it's building the relationships, right? It's building, totally. like you said, the financing, the roofers, right? The property managers. There's there's so many people. I feel that for so many people, they want to get into real estate, but they forget if, as, on, as an investor, especially a brand new investor, they only think of the the asset or the liability part, which is the house. They forget that this is a people business, right? Oh, it's hard for you absolutely. to be successful. And so talk about that of like how, when you were first getting started and you definitely wanted to leave your job, how were you able to build those relationships to get people to take you seriously since you didn't already have 15 to 20 properties where people say, Hey, Dustin, he's for real. That's a great, great point. And I want to add to it on top of that. And I'll get, definitely answer your question on what like the terminology and how I was able to do it. Uh, and so 
you hit the nail on the head that real estate is not about properties. Real estate is about people. The more people that you help, either having them a good place that somebody could rent at a decent, affordable rate, that's helping people. Help Finding a seller that needs to get out of a property and then you help them, if you're serving them, remember, it's about people. So the more people that you can serve in this business of real estate, you're gonna the better off you'll be. And on top of that, I will even add, all business is a people business. Every single business, you're interacting with a person. If you work and helping them get what they want, they're going to give you what you want. You know, you guys work together. We try to make win-win-wins, like as many wins as possible. So we all come out on top. We, it's not a kill or be killed, you know, doggy dog. It's like we can all work together. So that's an amazing statement. So everybody definitely needs to realize that this is a people business, not a property business. Now, in getting started, the first thing, I stumbled my way through it and I had a little bit of a, like the lingo because I was in business and I, I kind of have like this and plus my personality is pretty straightforward so I could, you know, be, be direct. In fact, I have a lot of students that are female and they asked me, well, Dustin, you know, you're not a female. It's, it's hard and weird talking to them. I said, I completely understand, but we all have our own struggles or things that we have to just push through. You know, we all have different situations in our life that it's not fair, but Hey, if life was fair, then everybody would have exactly the same thing as nobody. It, it would just not be good. I personally love where I can put in the extra effort, where all my effort and I figured out way around these roadblocks, whatever roadblock it is, let's say you're a female or you have no clue what the lingo is, whatever it might be, you figure it out. And because entrepreneurs, business owners, real estate investors, we're problem solvers. A problem comes up like I can't find a good property to buy. Well, that's a problem. Figure out right. a way to find a good property. I don't have the money to buy this next property. Well, that's a problem. Figure out a way to get that money to buy the property. In fact, what I'm teaching my kids is, hey, I say, hey, you're a Heiner. Heiners figure things out. We are problem solvers. Because they say, well, daddy, I don't know how to do it. I'm like, I don't know how to do it either, but I would figure it out. You're a Heiner. You figure it out. And so everybody listening, if you're an investor, if you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, you are a problem solver. So if that problem is, oh my goodness, I don't know how to talk to these property managers, realtors, or whatever it might be, there, there's many ways you can figure out how to do this. Number one, stumble through it like I did. I just kept doing it until I actually got the lingo. Number two, listen to great podcasts like yours. My podcast is Master Passive Income where it's just me teaching how to do this. Like I rarely do interviews. It's just me teaching this stuff. So you listen to that. And so engrossing yourself in the, the just everything about what you're what you want to do so you learn that's by far the best way I'll add one last thing on top of that so I I coach a lot of students how to invest in real estate I even give them lists of questions like let's just say a property manager you need to hire the right property manager and so what I do is I, I have my students I give them 22 questions and answers that we want to get from these property managers. And I coach them on how to ask these questions, how to use these questions so they understand the lingo. Even if they have never done it before, I get them to come across like they are an expert. Let me quickly, let's do a, yeah. a quick coaching tip that I also give all my students. So if I'm calling up a property manager, I say, hey, property manager, you know, this, I'm trying to interview them, I'm trying to see if they're the right person for the business, for my business. Hi, this is how a newbie would say, hi, property manager. So I'm going to start investing in the city. I'm trying to build my team and I don't have any properties now, but I, I'm going to be buying lots of properties. I'm gonna, they start giving a lot of the, the new people start giving a lot of qualifiers. This is how a an expert me. This is what I do. Hey, property manager. I'm an investor. Can I ask you a few questions about your property management business? I need a new property manager. 
straightforward, straight, like literally, exactly. Instead of me being on the defensive, trying to show how I'm a qualified investor. No, no, no. I'm putting them on the defensive saying, hey, are you a qualified property manager? Same thing with realtors, same thing with contractors. You just need to know that you are an investor. Just like I told myself, remember when I got laid off from my job, I said, I am an investor. From that point forward, I made sure my thought process, my mentality was always that I'm an investor. I don't care what anybody else says. That's what I am. So hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I think that you, again, articulated it very well that I think anybody that's brand new should be comfortable enough doing that. The one other thing that I would add to it, you mentioned the podcast, but books, right? Books, it's, it's literally, it can take you nowadays, especially you can get a great book for $3, $4, garage sales. There's a lot of things. For me, when people ask me, how have I been able to build my communication? And yes, I was always an outgoing person, but one of the best books that I still give credit to this day, and I think many people would is how to win friends and influence people right? Love that Dar- book. right dale carnegie and that was a great great book that gave me some tactics but more importantly it gave me confidence because i'd seen so many other people who have been big relationship builders that have referenced that book so i knew if they could do it and, and i constantly kept hearing people reference that book that would have gave me confidence and we know that most of the time it's right here That's the reason why you can't talk to people. It's not because you don't know what to say because it doesn't really matter because they don't know what you're going to say. They don't know what's right or wrong. And just like you said, if you just stumble your way through it, you'll learn the lingo if you are aware. But most of the time, it's just having that confidence. And at the end of the day, even if somebody says, "Uh, you don't have a lot of properties, do you? You know what? You're right. I don't. But here's what I do have. I have resources so I can buy them. And the reason why I don't have the properties is because I haven't found the right one yet that fits my criteria. But that's why I want to partner up with you. And I just think that people, they allow themselves to get into their own head. And so a book that simple could help. But I think that you did a great job at explaining that. I, I would, I, I 100%, in fact, I agree with you. I love that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I've literally listened to that audiobook like five or six times. Like it's so impactful. And so also on top of that, to add, if somebody said, hey, you don't have that many properties, do you? Well, what does that matter? Like it, it literally doesn't matter. And if that person is not willing to work with you, there's going to be somebody else. Eventually, you're going to find somebody that's hungry like you are to build their property management business or their real estate investing business or like, uh, being a realtor or whatever it might be. You're going to find somebody. We don't take no for an answer, meaning like if one person says no, I don't keep going after them. I just don't let that no stop me from my real estate investing. I move on to the next person and then the next person and the next person. I'll give you a quick example. One of my students she needed to get a specific type of loan. She was buying a house for like $50,000 and it was going to rent and she was going to make $325 a month in passive income. Really, really great property. But to, in putting a down payment down, she was going to be below the normal $50,000 is the minimum that you, you need to borrow. And she needed a company that can lend $30,000 as the minimum so she would be able to get that loan. She was getting roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. Remember, we're problem solvers. We figured it out. She called 22 different mortgage brokers and they all said no. On her 23rd, she finally found the company that does $30,000 as the minimum. And then she bought her property and she's making 300 plus dollars in passive income because she kept, she didn't take that no and say, I, I, oh, I can't be done. No, she said, that's just one more no until I get a yes. So we always keep moving forward. We're problem solvers. Yeah, no, I, I love that. 
Let me ask you. So everybody's heard now, you know, where you came from, how you got to, you know, where you are today. But if you could look back on it, I used to always ask the question of if there was one thing that you wish you would have changed. But people would always tell me, you know, I wouldn't change anything because it made me who I am. And I get that in its own right. But then I also call a little bit of BS because I'm like, hey, totally. we would all change something. So I've learned to rephrase it in a different way. And now the way that I phrase this is if there was one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner to accelerate your path on your journey to where you are today, what would that one thing be? So I 100% agree with you. That's a cop-out. When somebody says, I wouldn't change a thing, it's maybe, that's a cop-out. No, give me a lesson learned. Like, what did you do wrong that you could help me? So exactly. 100% agree. And I'll give you, let's see, definitely two. I might come up with a third as I'm doing it. But the first one is passive income. That's why I started my brand, Master Passive Income, because when I buy one rental property, I don't do a thing for the rest of my life that I own the property and I make money. That's like mastering passive income. So finding passive income businesses, uh, companies, real estate investing, whatever it might be sooner rather than later, because we I was going just like everybody else is down that path of getting a career, working an hour, getting paid for that one hour, and then starting all over again. If I would have done anything, it would be finding passive income as soon as I could. In fact, I was like 27, 26, 27 when I first started realizing there's something that called passive income. And so I'm teaching my kids that now about passive income. Now that's one. The other one, when it comes to particularly real estate investing, I've already talked about it. I wish I would have known to build the business first, to make sure that the business runs, that you put inventory into the business that I realized after I made the mistake of hiring the right, sorry, the wrong person who started stealing from me. That was a lot of money in expenses and uh, problems and all that, and time and hair being pulled out. It's like, oh my goodness, it's not working out. That would have been a big thing. Now, another, probably the last one I would say is being able to know how to become financially independent sooner than I did. I see, I couldn't watch 37, but I have students that are, I'm coaching them. Some are 19, 20, 21 years old. They're retiring when they're 25, 26, 27, because obviously they have coaching. So it accelerates the process because I'm helping them get over the problems and get past um, things without them having to do it, uh, you know, go through the problems. And so they're retiring sooner. Now, what I realized was that I wanted to be able to be financially independent, not work for somebody else, basically. And I asked my wife, I said, Hey, honey, how much money do we need every single month to cover our expenses? Like basically, what are our expenses? And I remember the number. She said $4,200, you know, mortgage payment, insurance, food, all that sort of stuff. Okay, $4,200. And I started realizing, okay, $4,200, that's not, I mean, that sounds like a lot. But if I bought one property that made me $250 a month, that is $3,000 a year in passive income. I'm like, well, that's fantastic. Then I just realized it's just growing and scaling the business. If I had 10 properties that made me $250 a month in passive income and not working, that would be $30,000 a year, $2,500 a month, $30,000 a year, 20 properties, that would be $5,000 a month, $60,000 a year without working. And I realized, oh my goodness, all I needed to do was just scale the business, buy the next property, then buy the next property, save my money, you know, strive and save and get leverage and all these good things to buy the next property. Eventually I had 30 plus properties. I'm like, shoot, why am I working here? This is for suckers. Let me get out of here. I love it. Now, one question that, cause you, you, you keep talking about the students there and I'm sure you've been able to change many lives with your students, but I know that somebody's watching or listening at this right now and they're saying, okay, but how, 
just curious, how do you teach most of your students to get started, right? And what do I mean by that? If somebody comes in and they're 19 years old, they probably don't have 10%, 20% to put down on a rental property. Are you telling them, hey, go work a job, go Uber, go DoorDash, whatever you got to do to try to save up $5,000? Or are you telling them, hey, you could start out wholesaling? Or are you telling them, hey, let's look at some creative financing? Like most of the time, what does that look like for your method if someone's saying, and hey, how do I get started? I would say, and it, it really it's simple. Yes. Yes to all the above. And here's the reason why I say yes. Not everybody is going to want to drive Uber, but they might want to wholesale. But not everybody might want to wholesale properties. They might be fine with driving for Uber. So what we do is when I talk to all my students and I coach with them, I I try to understand their, their situation, like the, their life, where they are in this life, what their goals are, where they want to get to, their risk tolerances, you know, are, do they want to do X, Y, or Z? How do they want to go about that? And then I try to help them craft and scheme out a best path to get to where we want to go. So let's say you have zero money. If a student came to me and said, hey, Dustin, I have zero money and I don't have any experience, but I really want to get started. First thing I would start talking about, well, number one, cut debt, get out of, you know, cut your expenses, like get out of debt, Cut your expenses. Those are two numbers. In fact, a lot of people, I've even turned away lots of students because they weren't ready. They weren't ready. They had lots of debt. They had high expenses and they weren't saving any money. Like they weren't financially just in the mindset to do it. So this is what I teach them or I tell them to, when you finish this, come back to me in a year, then you should be ready to invest. So we get out of debt, cut our expenses, increase our income. Those things are obviously easy to say, harder to do, but where there's a will, there's a way we're problem solvers, we'll get it done and increase your income. It could be get starting a side hustle. It could be buying things and selling them on eBay, you know, flipping items. It could be whatever, my, driving for Uber. We increase our income. Then we pay ourselves first by saving money every single month aside. And on top of that, we start learning. So a lot of people, a lot of students might say, hey, Dustin, should I start saving money or should I start learning or should I do like, should I get out of it? Like, should I do this or, or, or? No, these are ands. We start saving money and we start learning and we start getting out of debt. We can do all these at the exact same time. The, the biggest thing that we want to do is learn how to get out of debt, how to do all this sort of stuff to where we can become real estate investors. I So uh, funny enough, I had so many people come to me that were financially just not well off and not educated. So I literally created an entire financial education course that I put in my membership. I have five different courses, everything from out-of-state investing, advanced investing, you know, scaling your business, um, and and this financial investing as well, uh, financial education. I put it all in my membership where they get it all included. And so that helps people to get to the point where they can invest. So all that above, like literally where there's a will, there's a way. And if you have somebody that's already done it before, like you Casanova or, or me or anybody else who's done it before that's willing to show you how to do it, I grab onto them. See, now I love the term successfully unemployed, but a lot of people, when they hear that, they, they hear something else, another term. They've heard unemployable. And they say, oh, I like the term unemployable. I'm like, I personally don't like that because I tell you why. I'm successfully unemployed, which means I found a way to, to provide for my family without working a job. But I am employable. In fact, I'll go one step further. I would literally pay Warren Buffett money to work for him because of the contacts, the networking, the knowledge, the everything about working for him. I would gain so much. All the money that I would pay him would be nothing compared to what I would gain from him. So I love being successfully unemployed and showing my students, hey, this is how I did it. And I'll show you how just like you, you can do it just like I did. 
I love it. I love it, man. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Um, I always love to leave on a note that first, well, first off, let me say this. I want to be the first one to say thank you. And I appreciate you, my brother. You have dropped so much value. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Thanks, man. For anybody who wants to stay in touch with you, um, we'll make sure that we put all of the links in the show notes and um, and to your social media. But tell us, where can they directly find you at? Yeah, absolutely. And so my, I would love it if people just got started investing. Like that's my passion in life is to teach people and show people, would you mind if I gave everybody a, a real estate investing course for free? I'll just give yeah. it to them. They can get started. Yeah, that's awesome. fine. Yeah. So if you text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I will literally give you my real estate investing course explaining everything I just talked about and in much more in depth, finding the right area of the country to invest, how to build the business, making sure that you're making $250 or more in passive income from every single property, scaling that business to quit your job. You could even go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course, all one word forward slash free course. I'll give it to you. Plus I have my podcast, the master passive income podcast, where it's literally just me explaining how to do this real estate investing. Just want to give us all away. My YouTube channel, master passive income or Dustin Heiner as well on Instagram, the Dustin Heiner, T-H-E, Dustin Heiner. I'm not that arrogant. It's the only one I could find that actually, you know, kind of had my name in it because I wanted to have that. But I just love helping people. I also have a show and uh, I need to have you on it, Casanova. It's called Successfully Unemployed. And that's a podcast. It's a passion project of mine, actually, because I knew not everybody wants real estate, but they want financial freedom. And so Successfully Unemployed is that's where I do interviews and I share other people's experiences, not just how they did it, but they teach me and in turn teaching the audience how they can do it as well. So all the way, all the above, I just love helping people. So my goal in life originally was to quit my job in 10 years. I did that when I was 37 years old. Now my new goal, because I don't really need the money, my new goal is to help 1 million people achieve financial independence through investing in whatever way possible. So that's why I just love giving all this stuff out. Love it, man. We'll make sure that we put the links in the show notes again. And uh, for anybody who has any questions, uh, for sure, they'll be able to reach out to you. But again, I want to say thank you, my brother. This has been a phenomenal conversation. And Mr. or Mrs. Dream Builder, just remember, we all have a dream. And in the dream, we trust. But you got to take action on that dream. Otherwise, it'll only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, 
by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.